What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to My Hope Center podcast, your place for motivation, hope, and empowerment. A prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. Thank you. (laughs) I have confidence in my tent today. Martin Luther, the early church father, said this, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Whenever I don't pray, I don't know about you, but whenever I don't pray, I find myself just being totally off. And you will notice if you've ever had a prayer life and then you stop praying, you will notice these following consequences, if you will. You will find yourself getting stressed out more readily. You will find yourself having less and less desire for God. Whenever you don't pray, you lose the desire for ongoing purification and sanctification of your soul. Whenever you don't pray, you will find that it becomes harder to start praying again. I got, I got some witnesses that are keeping it real with me. That one, they were like, yes, Pastor, help me. We're going to help you today. I appreciate your honesty because I'm the first one to say that it happens to me. Whenever I don't pray, I experience emptiness. Whenever I don't pray, I lose focus on my purpose in life in general. Whenever you don't pray, and I hope that my 10 would just stick with me, whenever you don't pray, you live practical atheism. I I knew, I knew, I knew. (laughs) What does that mean? You profess to believe in God, but you live live as if he doesn't exist. (laughs) When you are prayerless and you don't have a life of prayer, you look for someone or something to affirm you instead of God. Whenever you don't pray, you don't witness or evangelize or tell people about the goodness of God. Whenever you don't pray, you don't think about your eternal life or f- and your focus is on the world, the present, the here and now. So it's all about what can I get of life now? What are the pleasures I can experience? That's what happens when you don't pray. When you don't pray, you usually become, I hope you can catch this, you become a stumbling block for people that are growing spiritually. And you start saying things like, you know what, it don't take all of that. You don't, prayer night, it don't take all of that. But you used to pray. A prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. Now I'm speaking to the believers in the house. For those that are not saved in this place, you're saving yourself some, some pressure right now. But I pray that you do get saved. Because you realize when you get saved that you give, you're granted access to communicate with Almighty God. My prayer is that you give, you give your life to Jesus because you, re- you will realize the power that there is in that. Uh, some, some powerful men and women of God, here's what they stated about prayer. True prayer is neither a mere mental exercise or vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. When you pray, it is a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. Charles Spurgeon said that. There are parts of our calling, works of the Holy Spirit, 
defeats of darkness that will come no other way than through furious, fervent, faith-filled, unceasing prayer. Prayer should not be regarded as a duty. That's when it gets difficult, when you feel like it's an obligation, it's a duty, like, ah. Prayer should not be regarded as a duty, which must be performed, but rather a privilege to be enjoyed, a rare delight that is always revealing some new beauty. There is nothing that impacted my life more than seeing people pray. I will never forget growing up, my family was saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and back in the day, my family, uh, you know, you know that's, that's a whole other story. I don't want to get too deep into that. Maybe some of you can identify. My family's from Nicaragua, so when they came from Nicaragua and they migrated to the United States, it was like a whole crew. It was a whole clan that came. Maybe some of you can identify with that. Your whole family came together. And we, when, we first, when, my, when my family first came to this country, it was 16 people in a two-bedroom apartment. Some of y'all may never know about that, but for those that can identify, you know you've been, you've been through some things, but God has been good and he's been faithful. And, and, and so I'll never forget that I, we, I always shared a room, and I'll never forget my grandmother, who was a prayer warrior. I will be sleeping. We'll have to share a room, and it will be me and my cousin, one at the head uh, and, one, and one on the other side of the bed. It, it wasn't even a mattress. It was just like a couple blankets that were stacked up, and we would were, we were sleep on the floor. Y'all don't know anything about that. Y'all don't know anything about that. I, I, I know, I know. And, uh, but I would sleep on the floor, and, then, and I, my cousin would be right there, and my uncle had it all in one bedroom, and then my, my, my grandmother and my sister would be in one room. And I'll never forget that I'll be sleeping because we had to share a room, but I'll be awakened in the night because I'll hear my grandma praying in the spirit. And there's nothing that brought me as a, as a boy, as a child, that brought me more comfort. There'll be some moments where I'll get startled. I'm not going to lie to you because she'll get into intercession and prayer and, and with spiritual warfare. She'll start rebuking in the middle of the night. I'm like, Lord, Jesus. I'm like, what, what is that? She'll be in the name. She will pray in Spanish. And I nombre de Jesus. And I nombre de Jesus. And I nombre de Jesus. And I nombre. And I will wake up, and I will look at her, and immediately peace would just come over my life. To know that I was covered, to know that I had somebody that was vigilant in prayer, there's nothing that impacted my life more. My mother will have us, will have us, my sister is a witness, if I'm lying, I'm flying. I'm still on the ground. My sister, this is my blood sister here who's our associate pastor. She's a witness. She knows you. They would, they would tell us, before we do anything, before you go out playing, do all of this, listen, we're going to have some prayer time. And you know, as a kid, you'll get upset like, ah, oh, I don't want to pray. And then we would just be in the room and I, we wouldn't do, my sister and I, our legs would go numb because we'd just be on our knees and we'd just be... Looking around like, when is this over? But I would see my mother. I would see, my, I would see them interceding, and I would see them praying, and I would see them covering people, and I would see them with passion, with hunger, with, with, with a real sense that they were speaking to somebody. <laughs> and there's nothing that impacted my life more. There's no greater memory that I have. So when I gave my life to the Lord, I believed in the power of prayer. Prayer was not an option for me. It was the thing that inspired me. It was the thing that moved me. It was the thing that I looked forward to. Whenever the young people would get to see, I was in the youth ministry when I first got saved, and I was in youth ministry, and the young people, they would go out, nothing wrong with that. They would go to the movies, go to restaurants. I wanted to go to prayer. <laughs> I got people that know, know me for real. 
The thing that I, and I'm not talking about your, your prayers that you do before you eat a meal. Lord, thank you for this food. Amen. Ah, uh, I wish I had a witness. I'm talking about prayer vigils. I'm talking about vigilias. I'm talking about eight at night till about three, four, five, maybe six in the morning. And that is the thing that radically transformed my life. So when you see me, I am a product of prayer, baby. When you see my testimony, when you see what's happening in this church, when you see my marriage, when you see my life, don't think I did this on my own. I've had to pray my way here. Prayer is transformative. Prayer is something that will give you life. When you pray, it will change the dynamic of everything that you do. When you pray, it will shift and change everything in your life. There's power in prayer. Would you look at the person beside you and tell them there's power in prayer? There's, uh, you got to wake somebody up because I, I don't think they're quite convinced. Shake them and let them know. Prophesy and, and preach to them. There is power in prayer. Huh. We got a whole series, so let, let, me, let me move forward. In the Gospels, in Luke chapter 11, let me calm down. Calm down, Pastor Serge. Calm down, calm down. I feel, I feel, I feel my, I feel my, ah, ah, Luke chapter 11, verse 1, look at what the Bible says, one day, and if we could throw that up if we have it, but if not, don't worry, Luke chapter 11, if you have your Bibles, look for Luke chapter 11, verse 1, we're going to take our time today. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Do you have it? You still looking? Got it? Okay, watch this. <clears throat> One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. <coughs> Excuse me. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. You can read over that, just that one verse. You can read over that and just completely bypass how significant that was. Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to what? To pray. Why is that powerful? Because they could have asked the Lord to teach them anything. They could have said, Lord, teach us to do miracles like you do. Teach us to heal people with the issue of blood like you did to that woman that struggled for 12 years. Teach us how to heal the blind like you did that, the blind men Bartimaeus and those two people in Jericho or the leper. Teach us how to do those miracles. Teach us how to prophesy. Teach us to turn water into wine. You know, maybe some of y'all, which I would have asked for, you probably would have asked, Lord, teach us how to walk on water. I don't know about you, but I would Lord, teach me. I just would have. Hmm. Of all 
the things they could have asked the Lord to teach them. They asked, he asked the disciple, teach us to pray. Because there was something powerful about his prayer life. The reason they asked for him to teach them how to pray was because when they would see him and they were inspired by the way he prayed. They would see that he would go off in the mountain and spend time with his father. This is Jesus, perfect, blameless, 100% God, 100% man. He did not need to pray, but he was using it as an example to say if Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we need to pray? They were inspired by the way he prayed. They were challenged. They were stirred. They would look and they would see that he would spend hours with God so that he can come and heal people in seconds. So that he can deliver people in seconds. But he spent hours with the Father. I hope my tenure is still here and I hope that you're catching it. Of all the things that they could have asked to be taught, my prayer for this church is that in this season of our lives, we will say the same thing. Lord, teach us to pray. Some of us have been asking, Lord, teach me to become a millionaire. Lord, teach me how to become a, a, a boyfriend for my stubborn girlfriend. Lord, teach me. Teach me how to be swagged out and get all the likes on Instagram. Lord, teach me. <laughs> But, but that your stance in life would change and your prayer would be, Lord, teach me how to pray. <laughs> prayer is our communication channel with God. Nothing happens outside of prayer. Prayer is the thing that make, makes things happen. So often we make prayer a spare tire when it was meant to be the steering wheel. Are you catching it in the back? Are you receiving? Okay. We pull it out, maybe the last resort. When prayer was supposed to guide our decisions, our daily activities, the, everything about life. Prayer being the thing that guides and leads us. Prayer is our communication channel. Prayer can be challenging for this reason. Can we, can we be honest? <clears throat> the challenge of prayer, and I'm going to help some people in this place. I know why you, why you battle with prayer. The battle with prayer is that, and, I, and I'm not going to get too deep into this, but I've taught many times before, what most people don't understand, and we have biblical precedent, and this is a truth and a fact, that we are first spirit beings. I'm feeling this side. This side, are you still awake? Are you still here? I'm feeling this side. <laughs> uh, prayer is done through your spirit. 
So what happens, that's why the Bible says, and even worship and all these different things. Over there in John chapter 4, it says, the Father is seeking those who are worshiping in spirit and in truth. So it's a spiritual thing. What happens is we are first spirit beings. Before, the Bible says that when, when God created the first man, that he breathed the breath of life. That was the spirit. And he made him a body from the dust of the earth. And then it says, then man became a living being. That's the soul. We're a triune being. We have a soul, we have a body, and we have a spirit. What happens is, first we are spirit. A lot of us live life believing that we are first flesh and blood so we let our flesh and blood and our soul our mind will intellect and emotions lead our spirit I'm teaching I'm teaching I'm teaching so what happens is so many of us live this way spirit is last and flesh and soul mind will intellect and emotion is first and that's what God's spirit so here's what happens if I don't feel like praying my soul then I won't pray, and my spirit just follows that. But you were always created to be a spirit being, meaning that your spirit dictates what your flesh, your mind, will, and intellect does. So the battle with prayer is that the Bible says that when Jesus was getting ready to be crucified, the Bible says that he, was, he, he wanted to pray with his disciples for an hour. And if you remember the story, the disciples started falling asleep like all of us, right? And then he says, he wakes them up and he says, could you not pray at least an hour with me? And he says, pray so that you may not fall into temptation. And here's what he says. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak so your spirit desires to connect to God through prayer your spirit every day is hungry for the presence of God your spirit is desiring and longing to connect to the source that created it the creator of the universe almighty God the God who created everything alpha and omega restore redeemer deliver comforter guide uh, he desires to connect but what happens is we suppress our spirit because we follow our flesh. I'm tired. I don't have time. Or you start, you get on your knees and you're making a good old attempt and then all of a sudden, y'all not going to keep it real with me. Oh, here's what begins to happen. As soon as you start praying, then every thought about everybody starts to cross your mind. <laughs> I'm talking about things, things that, that happened to you when you were a child. Like, why am I thinking about this now? I fell off the bike when I was six years old. I busted my head and I had stitches. Why did my, Lord Jesus, Father, in the name of Jesus. I didn't send the text message. I forgot to send that email. I forgot to boil the eggs. I forgot to do the laundry. You thinking about everything but prayer. I'm helping somebody today. So what we've got to get to in order for us to have a fruitful, effective prayer life is to let the spirit of the Lord guide and dictate our flesh. Our mind, will, intellect, and emotions. I'm going to help you out this month. I can't get too deep, but I'm going to help you out this month. Let me share these brief things, and I hope that you take note. I hope that you take note. Can I just throw this out to you, by the way, before I give you these couple, couple points? What happens is also there is a spiritual battle that's happening. So you think, ah. 
So you think uh, that it's normal that when you come here in a prayer worship gathering like this, you think it's normal that you're just thinking about everything and it's just like your mind is not here. You, you just say, well, that's just, that's just normal. It's just me being me. But what you don't realize it's a spiritual battle happening. Even as I'm speaking to you right now, the enemy does not want you to grab a hold of this word because he wants you to be prayerless because when you're prayerless, you're not powerful. When you're prayerless, you're not effective in your decisions. When you're prayerless, you, you're more readily depressed and anxious about life because you're so concerned and consumed. So, of course, he doesn't want you to really catch this word. So, even as I'm speaking to you, some of you, you're, you're just distracted. So, what you got to realize is why it's so vital for your spirit to lead because if you allow it, the enemy will place thoughts ideas, suggestions, because as long as he can silence you, he knows that he will close your destiny. A closed mouth is a closed destiny. That's why power of life and death is in your tongue. So, so, so when you come to the service and we challenge you and we say, open up your mouth, the reason we do that is because what you're doing is letting your spirit... I'm helping somebody. So what happens is if you come tired to this place and the, and the worship pastor is leading you and, and pastor is preaching his guts out, lift your hands, make this declaration, but you just sitting there like, God knows my heart. I'm tired. What you've allowed is the enemy to grab hold of that, that thought, that idea, that suggestion, because he knows if he can close your mouth, he can shut your destiny. But I speak to some people in this place in the name of Jesus that say this year I will not let the enemy silence my prayers. I will not let the enemy silence my voice. I'm going to lift up my prayers. I'm going to lift up my voice and I will seek the Lord. Ah. You see what's happening? That yes, that amen, the spirit is grabbing hold of what the enemy wanted to put place on your life. I pray every night. I have a certain hour of prayer. I have a regiment. No one disturbs me in my home. The, fire, the, the house can be burning down. They don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't understand that. One day you'll get there. My wife, she better figure it out. And, and, and catch this, when she's praying, I better figure it out. <laughs> but the baby cried. No, come here in Jesus' name. <laughs> I don't play with my prayer time. But catch this, I don't feel like praying every day. But I don't live based on my feelings. I live based on faith. Do I have anybody that's faith-filled in this place that will be able to say this year, I'm tired, but I'm still going to pray. I don't feel like doing it, but I'm still going to worship. I don't have the strength, but I'm still. Ah. 
that's when you allow the spirit to begin to lead everything else here's the first thing I want to throw at you ah this is so good I'm really gonna enjoy this series am I helping somebody am I helping somebody I'm gonna enjoy this series watch this the first thing I want to break inside of you uh, because some of y'all and, and I already know the Holy Spirit told me that that during this series we're gonna break religious mindsets because you were taught a certain way and that's why your prayers haven't been effective and that's why they just keep hitting the ceiling because no one really taught you how to pray but you're gonna learn in this church um, here's the first thing I want to break in somebody and I don't know who it's for but there's somebody saying the Lord doesn't hear me and the first thing I want to let you know is that he hears you he hears your prayer he hears your prayers Many will say, I'm not worthy for God to hear me. It's not about you. <laughs> I don't feel anything you're not supposed to feel. Can you imagine if you live life doing everything because you felt, on, you only did it when you felt like doing it? <laughs> Laundry filling up the whole room. But Lord, I don't feel like... You wake up nearly every day saying, I don't feel like going to work. You better get your behind to your... <laughs> Imagine living life when you felt it. I'll go to church when I feel it. I'll pray when I feel... Some of y'all, they were taught you that you had to feel goosebumps on your back and your armpits needed to sweat <laughs> and you needed, to, you needed to, it needed to be thunder coming from heaven. Baby... <laughs> This thing is not about feeling. Look at what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have approaching God. I need you to catch this. If we ask anything according to His will, He Can you put, can you, can you switch that us to me? He hears me. I just broke something off of somebody's life right there. Because you've been saying God doesn't hear me. And the word of the Lord for you is that he hears you. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. But you have to use your words. I have this thing with my baby where, you know, she'll want something, but when she's asking me for it, and I know most times what she's asking me for, but she's grunting and fussing to get it. And I know what she's pointing to, but I always say something. I hope that my ten catch it. I say, baby, use your words. <laughs> so here's something that I want to break in your life because I want you to be effective in prayer. Enough with the mindset of, I don't open up my mouth because God knows my heart. Baby, he knows your heart, but he wants to hear your heart. Look at somebody and tell them, use your words, use your words, use your words. 
The reason it's powerful when you use your words is because you are binding your confession to the prayer. <laughs> and when you, that's why Jesus would ask, when he was getting ready to heal, most times he would say, what do you want me to do? Do you think he didn't know what, he, what they needed? But he would want them to confess it because the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, we believe with our hearts, but we confess unto salvation. You've got to use your words because when you use your words, you are holding yourself accountable to that prayer. <laughs> so what begins to happen is when you start to use your words, God will answer your prayers. But what God doesn't want to do is that when he answers your prayers, then five years later, you're saying, God, God, take this away from me. But he's going to say to you, but you're the one that prayed for it. So you're asking God to deliver from things that you used to pray about. Second Chronicles chapter six, verse 21. The scripture says, watch this, hear the supplications of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place uh, what does it say hear from heaven your dwelling place and when you hear the, catch this the Bible doesn't say if you hear it says when you hear let me give you this last thing I can get deeper into that but we got a whole series that I'm gonna get deeper this thing might go for two months because I feel like I'm I feel like I'm, I, I, f I feel like I'm plowing and I'm pushing through but I know that the Holy Spirit is working I know that I'm teaching I'm teaching I'm teaching here's what you need to understand about prayer you've got to be specific when you pray <sighs> my 10 I know you're writing let me let me let me throw this at you God will not give you clear answers for vague prayers. That's good, that's good, that's good. <laughs> so this year, what I want to teach you is to be specific with your prayer. Look at what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I feel the glory of God as I'm teaching. It says, ah, uh, Philippians, we got that? Watch this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. By what? In every situation. By what? In every, not some, not just a few, in every situation. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your, present your, Present your requests in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your minds and your, and your hearts uh, in Christ Jesus. Present your requests. Can I, can I help? So it's not enough to say, Lord, bless me with a wife. Or bless me with my husband. The way you pray is, Lord, may that woman be a woman of prayer. May she be a woman of God. God fearing that she loves you more than she will ever love me, that she seek your presence, that she be ambitious, that she be a woman with vision. That's how you pray. And Lord, I don't mind if they look like this.
Father, take away this debt. No, no, no. Can I teach you how to pray it? Lord, this 20,000, whatever amount, this is the amount that I need. Now, Lord, give me the resources, the wisdom to manage my resources. Here it is, self-control. When I want to shop, when I want to just go out, cuando hay comida en la casa. <laughs> I said, when there's food in the house. That's, good. that's the, that's the line my wife been hitting me every, since the beginning of the new year. Hay comida en la casa. There's food in the house. We don't need to eat out. So the way you pray is not, Lord, take away the no. You say, Holy Spirit, give me the resources. Provide miraculously. And as you do it, give me the wisdom so that I can manage it. Give me the self-control so that I don't waste, so that I don't spend. Specific prayers for specific answers. And then the Lord will say, here you go, baby. So watch this. Lord, heal my... I was getting ready to move on, but I just went to throw out. Just heal my body. What you should pray is, Lord, heal my body, but then give me the strength so I can exercise at least 15 minutes a day. Give me the focus. Give me the concentration and support and, and the support I need so that I can have discipline with my eating. Because what does it matter for God to answer that prayer and then you go back to living how you were living before? Is this good, babe? Is this good? Catching? Okay. Ah, look at John. Ah, time. We're going to continue this next week. Look at John chapter 17. Let's just throw this one here. John chapter 17, verse 15. Our Lord Jesus, we see this countless times. This is just one simple example of how Jesus would pray. He was always specific. Say with me, specific. Can you tell the person beside you, tell them, get specific, get specific. You got to get specific. You got to get specific. <coughs> and this is just one simple example of how our Jesus would pray, and it was always specific. My prayer is not, so here, watch this. <laughs> he could have left this out, but he's saying, I want to be specific. Here's what I'm not praying for. My, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Yes. Hallelujah. Let me throw this last thing at you. Bold, specific prayers honor God. Bold, specific prayers. Change your prayer language. Lord, whatever is your will. Lord, Lord Jesus, if it's your will. He can't do anything with that. But when you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, 
that, that relative that I'm believing that you're going to save them and set them free. Father, I believe, I declare that they are already serving the Lord. I declare that that person in the hospital, on that sick bed, that they will rise in the name of Jesus. God, I believe that you are almighty, that you are a healer. Bold, specific prayers honor God. When he, when he hears bold, specific prayers, that's when he says, this is the time for me. Because he knows that it's not within our means to accomplish it. If something is within your means, you can just do it on your own. But there are some things that we will need divine intervention for. But we serve a God who is mighty. And when we go to him, not by feelings, but by faith. Not your will or your desires, but on the word of God. Because, and I'm going to teach you this coming this month, how you pray according to the will of God. How do you pray the word of God? I'm going to teach you how you pray without ceasing. You know that you can be 24-7 praying. I'm going to teach you. But my prayer is that you would take up the challenge this week to pray. If you haven't prayed at all, separate 15 minutes. Do you know in 15 minutes how, many, how, how, much, how much time we just waste? Mindless scrolling on social media. One page lends you on the other. Like, who, who this? Ah, look at this. Looking at recipes. Looking at shoes. Some of y'all looking at some things that, you know, we're going to pray about. deliver you in the name of Jesus but do you know how, how much we can just waste time if you just if you never pray just 15 minutes ah, and, and here's, what, here's how you should start praying Lord teach me how to pray I don't know what I'm doing but God I believe that you're my savior I believe that you hear me I believe that I can come to you with boldness with confidence and then as you ooh as you start opening up your mouth and when you start if you if see if you pray in silence the enemy's just going to grab a, a hold of your mind and he's going to get you're going to be stuck in your prayer so begin to if you got a pace around your room your closet the bathroom father in the name of Jesus <laughs> and then your spirit will begin to help you so that you can pray how many are going to take up that challenge to say this week I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. Once again, thanks so much for tuning into today's message. I pray that it was a blessing to you. I'm so glad that you were able to hear today's message, but can I tell you there's nothing like the live experience. Would you join us on a Sunday afternoon at 1.30? We meet at Greenbelt Middle, 6301 Breezewood Drive in Greenbelt, Maryland. And so I want you to be there. I want you to get connected. You can find out more information on our social media at My Hope Center on every platform. And also, you can check out more information at myhopecenter.org. I hope to see you soon. So until then, peace, love, and God bless.